0: Welcome to Spotlight on the Word Sermon series. Today we thank God yet for another day for giving us the opportunity to be able to uh, look into His Word and to study or to exalt ourselves with these wonderful words of Christ. Um, today we are just looking at some exhortations from the book of Hebrews. I have been fortunate enough to have some few um, lessons from the book of Hebrews of late, and it has become one of the very important books that I think that as Christians, if we pay attention to the words in the book of Hebrews, be able to um, glean some very important lessons to live by. And so, for today, the title of our sermon is "Let Us, Let Us." Now this statement let us is of that which is of an encouraging nature Um, we can look at this in a point or from a point as in when you are encouraging another person that "Oh, come together and let us do this or that and so that is the more reason why the title of our sermon is just let us because it's an encouraging sermon That we should do certain things and so let us that is the title of today's sermon now when you begin to read through the book of Hebrews the book gives us the opportunity to compare the old covenant with the new covenant in terms of the mediator of the old covenant and the new covenant in terms of forgiveness in the old covenant and the new covenant in terms of promises in the old covenant and in the new covenant But it is not just um, a raw type of comparison, but rather whilst the author is comparing both the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, he is making an appeal to those brethren who have tasted of uh, um, 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 the grace of God and want to go back to the religion of, of Judaism that they should continue rather in Christianity and so it is due to this uh, nature of the book that is how come that the author keeps using the words let us let us so today it is an appeal to each and everyone that is listening that let us let us do a few things that I'm going to mention in this particular lesson today but in order not to keep you waiting let us go quickly to Um, Hebrews chapter 4 then we'll read one of the very first places we see the author using the word or the phrase is a phrase yeah a phrase let us so let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 4 now in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 4 the argument of the writer is that there is still a rest or a rest that is promised for those who be faithful in Christ Jesus and he made the argument that the rest that was given to the Israelites on the promised land is not the absolute or final rest Joshua didn't lead them into the final rest there's so yet another rest the rest he was talking about is not the Sabbath rest as some people um, claim to say that the rest the Hebrew writer is saying is the Sabbath rest no it's not the Sabbath rest it's not any Sabbath rest that will come in future, but rather he's talking about a heavenly rest and that just as Christ or God has ceased from creating, that is the same way that we also, we would have to cease from our duties on this earth when we finally enter into that heavenly rest. So it is in that same vein that in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, when you start reading from verse 1, he says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it what is he saying he said that in the old covenant let me give you an idea of what is happening so in the old covenant where he said that there are some people that did not obey what God has told them to do and while they were wandering in the wilderness some of them fell and they were not able to enter into the promised land and so if they didn't obey god and yet they didn't enter into even the physical promise then how much more if um, there is still a heavenly rest and if you continue not to obey then it means that even the physical some people them didn't get how much more the heavenly disobedience will prevent you from entering even more into the heavenly rest that is what he says so when you read Hebrews chapter Three from verse fourteen. It says, "For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end." While it is said today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart, as in the rebellion. And what is the rebellion? It's a failure of the world. Um, For who, having had rebelled, indeed was it not all who came out of Egypt and led by Moses? now with whom was he angry forty years was it not with those who sinned whose corpses fell in the wilderness and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest but to those who did not obey so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief and this is a very important thing he talks about people who did not obey he says "Is these same people who did not enter the rest because of what unbelief equating disobedience to what unbelief and that is the most important thing that i want you to get from this. so that's the very first place we see he talking about um let us so he's saying that because these people didn't enter into god's rest because of unbelief therefore since there is also a promise that remains of entering his rest let us let us fear lest any of you seem to hold come short of it so just like it happened to the people in the old covenant let us fear and here fear is not where we are afraid of God and unable to do anything no he's talking about a reverent type of fear that because of that fear we will do what God wants us to do so Hebrews 4 one is the very first place we see the word let us in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 again he say let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience it is what he spoke about in the verse chapter 3 the same example of disobedience or unbelief let us be diligent therefore to enter into this rest that remains lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience which he spoke about in the old covenant the next place we will see letters is the same chapter verse 14 is seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our confession let us hold fast our confession and what is our confession our confession is the faith and trust we have in christ Jesus. the 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 faith that's moved us to indeed accept that jesus is the son of the living god and to give ourselves to christ through baptism that is our confession we are professing that indeed we have submitted ourselves to christ that is our confession is talking about and he says that we should know that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness he can because Christ took upon human body and came and he was tempted in all points as we were, yet he was without sin. And so he said, Therefore, in verse 16 of the same chapter, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need so christ who has become our high priest can sympathize with that because he has been of our nature and he was tempted just as like we are tempted and that is a very wonderful thing a very very wonderful thing though when you straight the argument you can say that okay the high priest in the old covenant so someone like Aaron was also a man like us and he also understood how or what it takes to be tempted But the problem is that Aaron was not tempted without sin Aaron even having been tempted whichever way Aaron was still with sin and so aaron isn't like jesus christ jesus christ was tempted in all point but he was without sin and that makes him a perfect and a better high priest for us than aaron and that is what we see through this book now what is he saying he said let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain that mercy and find grace to help in time of need." so in the book of hebrews chapter 4 we see three different times or in fact four different times where the author is saying let us let us now let's go on to another place where the author uses the word let us in chapter 6 verse 1 it says therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of christ let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. In fact, proud to this particular verse. If you read chapter five, verse um, twelve downwards, he was complaining about the spiritual immaturity of the people. For these people, we say, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. We don't know the timetable he was talking about but simply saying that these people have become Christians for a very long time or for quite some time that he was expecting that by now they were a, or they should be able to what, teach other people not that they should be taught. And that is what he said. That is the problem he was deal, dealing with. And then he went ahead to say that for everyone who partakes of only milk, is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil what a wonderful uh, reading and so because of this he said these people should have been matured by now To the point that where they are skillful in the word of God, to be able to even make distinctions between things that are good and things that are bad, even when the word of God is not so explicit or clear on, because they have been characterized or they have been using the word of God and they have been filled with the word of God and they know so much about the word of God, they are able to use that to determine what is right and what is not good. And so because they are not doing this, say therefore, let us, by now, let us leave behind the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, no laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. My lecturer gave another analogy, which I think is very important. Now, saying that let us, or leaving behind the elementary principles is so to speak like um, you are building a building and then, or you are putting up a building and then you lay the foundation, now after be, uh, the foundations are laid what happens you move on to build on top of the foundation to get a complete building that is the analogy we are seeing here so it is not actually saying that you move from that foundation and and build another one another point no it is based on that same foundation you are building upon it to get a complete structure however you are leaving the foundation to move on to the higher levels where you build and then finally complete the building that is what the writer is trying to say so it doesn't mean that the elementary principles are not important it doesn't mean that the elementary principles uh, must be discarded or must be thrown away no but what he's saying is that now that you have these elementary principles well laid let us go on into what perfection and that is what he's saying that we should go on to build upon not laying again that foundation that has already been laid things that has to do with baptisms doctrine of baptisms of laying of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment these are basic principles that he expected the readers to know and to have moved on from there but unfortunately what we see due to these issues there were people who were still trying to go back uh, due to the misunderstanding of these issues or not being able to grasp the the, the, these type of doctrines there were people who still had issues of going back into Judaism to practice this type of sacrifices and ceremonial rituals that Moses has given unto them that is the problem and so he said let us in chapter 6 verse 1 now let's move on to chapter 10 I would not keep so long but in chapter 10 that is another thing we see in chapter 10 where we see some forms of uh, the word letters being used in chapter 10 verse 22 he says something let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and so here is also another point that what the reader is actually saying He's still talking about the importance of the new covenant and talking about we laying hold of our confession. When he start from the verse 90, he said, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new living, a new living way, a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. With a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is what the author is saying. Now, here he is advising them or he's telling them that it is through Christ Jesus that we can have access to the holiest. And where is the holiest? The presence of God. Thinking of it in terms of the old covenant. These people were not able to, even if you were that good and had a very good relationship with God, you couldn't go to the holies of holies. It takes only the high priest to go in there on your behalf. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and he said that we had that access through the flesh of Christ, because Christ took on flesh to die to make that available for us, to take away that veil, to help us to be able to have the access to there holiest that is the holy of holies and they say because of that let us draw near with a true heart we can't go into the holiest with hearts that are not truthful with hearts that are not sincere and that's why the bible says in john chapter 4 24 that a time will come that those who worship will worship god in spirit and in, in truth in spirit being out of that sincere heart that we have and that is what he's talking about and that in full assurance of what faith Having our hearts what sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, when you go into details, you come to understand that he was trying to let us understand that it is actually the sacrifice of Christ that is able to free our conscience from what from the guilt that we have, from sins that we have committed. Because for the Israelite or for an Israelite, that conscience is not freed as often as they have to bend the sacrifices and do all the sacrifices they still are reminded of the sins they have been committed uh, they have committed but in Christianity, in Christ, the Bible says that God forgives us our sins and He does not hold them against us anymore. And that is what the sacrifice of Christ does for us. That is what He's saying that our conscience will be sprinkled from, our evil conscience will be what? Will be sprinkled, and then our bodies will be what? Washed with what? Pure water. And this is actually a reference to what? The baptism, which through we come to realize that gives us remission of sins so in verse uh, 23 the same letters let us hold fast our confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful god who has promised us this heavenly race is faithful to grant us unto us in the same chapter verse 24 says and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works that is another letters i think let us move on to today the whole sermon is about letters. so let us move on to chapter 12 verse 28 chapter 12 verse 28 we see another letters therefore since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us have grace by which we may save god acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our god is a consuming fire chapter 13 now we are moving on to chapter 13 verse 13 therefore let us go forth to him outside a camp bearing his reproach chapter 13 verse 15 therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name brethren to summarize all that we are talking about there are three things I want to leave you here three main points the very first thing is that let us draw near and anywhere in the bible he talk about or he uh, the bible talks about drawing near he's talking about our worship he said let us draw near our worship so he's talking about a call to worship a call to we coming to some form of a relationship with God so let us draw near and how do we draw near let us draw near with a true heart a sincere heart another thing is that let us draw near in full assurance of what our faith in Hebrews chapter 11 verses it says that which uh, without faith it is impossible to what to please God for um, he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who would diligently seek him. So we can't come to God faithless. We can't come to God heart that is not true. And so we can't come to God in unbelief. Remember, unbelief leads to disobedience. Or unbelief is actually disobedient. And if we are unable to do what God has asked us to do, then it actually means that we do not believe in him. And that is also equal to what? Disobedience. Another thing, under uh, let us draw near, which I want you to take notice so we let us join here, having our heart sprinkled from an evil what conscience, and our bodies washed with what pure water. And this is what I'm talking. It is a reference to what we get from baptism. That is, in baptism, we are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven, and then are um, as we we picture. The analogy or the symbol of baptism, we have our bodies washed with pure water, not as in just the felt, but like the Bible said in First Peter chapter two, verse um, chapter three, verse twenty-one. That is an answer. Um, um, is an answer of a good conscience to 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 the call that God has given to us. I don't know if I've gotten it correctly, but what I'm trying to say is that that. Then we get for our conscience to be sprinkled from evil, we need to submit ourselves whilst we draw here to go through baptism to have the benefit of these things. And then the second one I want us to take note is that he said, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. The confession of our hope. And so now that we have had our conscience sprinkled from evil. Now that we have had our bodies washed with pure water from sin, now that we have drawn near to God with a true heart, now that we have come to God in full assurance of our faith, let us hold fast that confession of our hope. And it is we we need to hold it fast without what wavering, for he who promised is what is faithful. And just as God promised the Israelites. It is the same way that he has promised us, that when we hold fast this confession, we shall get that which he has promised. And that is a heavenly rest which the Hebrew writer told us about. Now, is it just about us? He said, no, let us consider one another. And that is the third thing I want you to take note. Because I said this book is a book of encouragement. And how do I encourage just myself and not other people? So it's an encouragement for ourselves and also for our brethren. that. Let us consider one another. How do we consider one another? Let us stir up love and good works. So we need to stir up brethren. We need to provoke our brethren onto good work. Our brethren to good work. We should stir up their love onto uh, stir up them in terms of love and then also what good works, so that we would have each person at heart. And Pray for them and help them when they are in need So we need to stay up love and good works whilst contributing one another another thing we need to do is not forsaking The assembling of the Saints not forsaking the assembling of the Saints and this is very important that the Bible has told us It says that just as the manner of some people are, we are not supposed to be that And if you go to that particular verse, let me take you to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 2 24 Um if you start from the um, verse 22 let us run here with a true heart in full assurance of faith having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful verse 24 says that and let us consider one another in to stir up love and good works then he said not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching what is he saying so in one way we can stir up one another or we can stir up one another love and good way is by making sure that we do not forsake the meeting or the assembling of what ourselves together How do you stay up love when you are staying at home and you don't go to church? You don't see other brethren. To even advise them, to even talk to them, encourage them. How do you stay up their love and their good works? You can't do that. And that's why he said that we have to do that by what? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And he continued to say that, but exhorting one another, which is the last point I want us to take note of. Exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching when you think of this day that he's saying is approaching many thought it was the judgment day but in context actually you come to realize that he was talking about the destruction of jerusalem that is coming a.d 70 so as that impending doom is coming they should stir up their love their love and good works, so as that even if that day comes and any of them ends up falling they know that they have remained in Christ they know that they have held up the confession that they had and for us who are secondary or uh, audience what is our rule let us think of it as we see which day we can now apply it to let's say the judgment day or even if it is not the judgment day our days that we may spend on this earth to end our life let us stay up love and make sure that in the end we are found what faithful so today we have come to look at a lot of let us from this particular kind of book and the very first one I said is let us draw near in terms of worship and our relationship with God let us hold fast our confession or the confession of our hope and the final one is let us consider one another if you have not given your life to Christ through baptism I believe that these things will be very difficult for you to be able to benefit from and so the very first thing in drawing near to God is to repent of your sins believe in Christ Jesus Christ and then give your life to him through baptism and continually hold fast that confession of that hope which you've been called and then also go out and also consider one another your brethren and people who are perishing in the world and stare at them also as well so that in the end when christ comes, we have also been of benefit to many other people today that is what we have come to share if you're a brother already if you're a christian already all that i'm saying is that please let's examine ourselves if we are moving away from god let us draw near with him if we have not been um holding fast our confession let us do so if we have not been considering one another let us do so and i believe that in the end we shall enter into the heavenly rest which still remains good lord bless you as you've listened to this message share with many other people and keep following spotlight on the way we have many many programs for you on our WhatsApp platforms we have many programs on our facebook and youtube pages um twitter Um, instagram and many other platforms that we shall um, um, meet you or communicate with you and we know that when we keep on doing this we'll actually mature and grow to a level where god will be pleased with us god bless you for listening to this short message bye